Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 174 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week we have troubles with splits, queens disappearing and a jungle of an apiary that needs my urgent attention. Beekeeping Short and Sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi everyone and welcome back to Honey HQ, otherwise known as my tiny home office. Barely two and a half metres by two metres, it's the hub of everything that I do online really. It's a small space but I seem to manage okay. It does get rather cluttered sometimes, mainly paperwork that arrives and gets parked on the desk or on top of the computer or perhaps on the painting easel that over winter is my watercolour painting distraction. I've taken some great photographs this year, mainly at the Borage and Meadow apiaries, and I'm hoping I'll be able to spend a little time creating some watercolour images, no matter how poor, but some watercolour images as we wait out the winter months and look forward to the new season. That, though, is a long way off still, and there's plenty yet to be done before we can hang up our bee suits hive tools and smokers. We're just starting the process of moving colonies back to their home apiaries, mainly from the borage pollination. Uh, it's a simple process but it does take time to get everything strapped down again and loaded onto the trailer and truck. We've just actually completed the first clearance of around 35 colonies from the meadow apiary. This is the one that had all the honey poor polyhives in it. Backing up just a little, prior to moving the bees away, I made several splits. It's a good time of year to make up new colonies to overwinter. There's plenty of time for new queens to settle in and start laying. And this year, we have the benefit of lots of drawn brood frames. The honeypore ones were incredibly heavy to lift off the hives for extraction. And I'm not really sure that it's sensible to continue to do this given that some were almost 30 kilos in weight. The benefit now though are boxes full of drawn comb that can be used in splits so that the bees are not having to work on foundation. They can get straight onto it and either the queen can lay eggs in it or the workers can start storing overwintered food. No tedious wait for them to draw out fresh comb either, it's already done for them. Because of this, I did split colonies fairly heavily in some instances just recently. We had three brood boxes on a couple of colonies, two of these brood boxes being previously full of honey, and I would probably have only split them in half normally, but such was the strength of the colonies that I decided to split them into three full-size hives. These had new season queens released into them, and for the most part, they seem to have taken to them quite well. Introducing new queens into splits can sometimes seem a little like a dark art, 
At least that's how it seems to me sometimes. I never really know if it's going to work out until I go back and check a week or so later. And there seems to be no real reason for either acceptance or rejection. Let me give you an example. I can best describe the situation by talking through these latest splits as we had a mixed bag of results again. And I can't really work out why the rejection happens in some and not others. Let's take the two colonies that I split into three separate hives. This is what I do. Well, certainly this is what I did. The original hive was moved and then inspected. The queen found and she goes into a brood box on a floor in the position of the original hive. Two more floors are set up nearby. Brood boxes from the original hive, the ones which previously had been extracted, are placed on those new floors. These are full of drawn frames taken from the original and in turn these frames are generally covered with bees from that original hive. I take a couple of frames of brood from the parent brood box making sure that the queen is not on them and put these into the new hives I've just set up. In between these frames I place a caged queen. The entire new hive is closed down with a coverboard and roof and moved to a new position in the apiary. I should add, I've also removed the little plastic tab from the queen cage so that she can be released. I don't really want to be going back to this apiary because they're two hours away from my home. This process was carried out twice, so I've gone from two colonies with three brood boxes on them to six colonies, each consisting of a floor, brood box, coverboard and roof. So you can see how easy it can be to increase the number of colonies you have. But here's the catch. In both instances, the original queen is now fine and in place, laying eggs as if nothing had happened, and the workers are going about their normal routines. In the newly created colonies with the caged queens, we appear to have a released queen in all four newly created colonies, the cages are completely empty, the fondant gone and no sign of a queen. Two of these have started laying eggs and I've seen them, yet two have disappeared and there are no eggs or young larvae to be seen. In fact, one of the colonies has a single sealed queen cell, so I'm assuming that that queen has been taken care of by the workers. I've made many splits before and the timing of placing the new queen into the nuke or new colony doesn't really seem to make a lot of difference to the outcome. I can leave them queenless for two minutes, two hours or two days and they still seem to have a completely random result in terms of the queen either being released and starting to lay eggs or being released and disappearing. The previous week I split one of my commercial hives into three nukes, leaving the original queen in the main hive body, making a fourth nuke and at that point I was really out of time, so I simply put a frame of brood in each nuke box with a frame of food and frames of foundation, closed them down and walked away. Upon returning and checking them, two have been released and are laying well. The third has disappeared only to be replaced with a sealed queen cell again. I'm pretty sure they all had a mix of frames of brood when I made them up, meaning eggs and brood in all stages. I just didn't have the time to spend sifting through frames of brood. And this situation happens to me over and over again. It seems completely random and it can be quite frustrating. 
This week I'm having one last session of splitting colonies to add new queens and I'm going to create them all in the following way and we'll see what happens. Anyway, firstly I've got lots of nice new national brood frames freshly drawn as honey boxes. These have been extracted and we now have the frames. These will form the basis of the new nukes that I'm creating. I've got 20 new queens to house so I'm going to make up 20 nukes in the following manner. I'm going to dismantle the national hives that are currently on double brood. That gives me as many as 24 brood frames as I've crammed the extra frame in instead of using a dummy board. Each six frame nuke, I'm using the BS Honey Poly Nukes, so each nuke will get a frame of food and a frame of brood. So that's 12 nuke boxes if all the frames in the hives are worth using. If I do this twice for each double brood hive that I have, it will give me as many as 24 nukes with a frame of food and a frame of brood. But I'm allowing for there to be some frames that need removing, but I think mostly it will work out okay. The queen will go into an additional nuke box with a frame of food and whatever frames are left over. She'll be placed back on the original stand to gather up all the flying bees and any bees already on the frames taken from the original hives will be kept in the nuke boxes and these nukes will be shut to trap those bees inside. All of the newly made up nukes will be brought back to their home apiaries in Norfolk and left for five days. I'm making up the nukes on Friday and won't have the new queens ready until the following Tuesday. In this time, the bees in the nukes will hopefully orientate themselves to their new surroundings and more importantly, the queenless nukes will produce queen cells where they can. By the time I have the new queens caged and ready to go into the nukes, these nukes should be hopelessly queenless and should, by all accounts, be ready to accept a new queen. Now, I've been through this scenario several times in my head and I can't see how any of them could possibly not want to have a new queen by the time she's released. So fingers crossed it will work out and all of them will get to head up a new colony to go through the winter. I have tried it like this before and we've still lost a few queens so I really don't know what's going to happen. I guess time will tell and I'll report back in a few weeks once we've had a chance to check up on them and confirm we have laying queens. If this process works then I think I'll just stick with it as my go-to method as it is a nice way to build up stock quickly to overwinter and with any luck we'll have some nice young queens going into hives in the spring to build up on the oilseed rape and then if we can get them to the borage again next summer we may have a decent foraging force to maximise the honey potential. As long as we can keep on top of the swarming of course. Good luck with that I hear you say. Changing the subject, I've got to get the lawnmower out again. I may have mentioned this at the beginning of the season, but the plan this year was to have a regular run around with the lawnmower at each apiary to make sure we keep the grass and weeds down. I've had a major fail on this and pretty much left everything to grow all summer long. What I'm left with is a jungle of grasses, wildflowers, thistles and brambles. I don't know why I haven't worked out yet. A quick whiz around the apiaries each month will save me hours of back-breaking clearance work that I now have to do. I have made a start though at the fishing lakes apiaries. 
Our 14 by 12 apiary, the one with the top bar hive, was barely accessible. The brambles growing in from the sides of the entrance into the apiary made it almost impossible to get the truck down into the apiary proper. And grass so long, it hides the low growing brambles and thistles. So the one trips you up as you're walking through, while the other tricks you into thinking that you've been stung when your leg or hand brushes against it. So Sunday last week, I went over with the lawnmower and made a start. Nearly two hours later, I'd finally chopped most of the grass area back, hacked away at the thistles and clipped back some of the brambles to reveal that the colonies were actually on hive stands and weren't floating in midair. The stands having long ago disappeared beneath the undergrowth. It really doesn't make any sense to leave it so long between cleanups, so I must get something in the diary for at least every couple of months. That way I can keep on top of it and hopefully reduce the amount of work that I have to do. Luckily, I have some very lovely landowners at other sites who are willing to get the tractor out and whiz round with a much bigger grass cutter than I have. At least the main sites will be ready to have the bees back when we continue the return from the borage. Including the collection of spare equipment, I think we'll probably have four or five more trips to the farm, and then we should be completely clear. I spoke with a farmer last week, and he seems really happy that we've had our bees on site, and I'm really glad to say he's invited us back again for next year. Judging from our discussions, it's looking likely to be around 90 acres, so we'll need to make sure our colonies are really strong to get the very best return from it. The single biggest expense in taking the bees to the borage this year has been fuel costs. The actual amount varies considerably depending on whether we're taking just the truck or we're towing the trailer and we're fully loaded. All things considered, it may be that next year we only visit every other week rather than each week. Of all the colonies, only three or four tried to swarm this year while the rest just filled up supers with honey. If we put enough boxes of drawn comb on them, right from the start, we might actually save ourselves a little time and money. It's certainly worth thinking about and planning for next year when all things are considered. Here's something you might want to consider. A podcast subscription will get you the very latest tips and techniques from me each week as they're released. As things stand, it's going to cost a lot less than a trip to my apiaries, and that's without towing a trailer. Head over to my Patreon page and sign up for my Podcast Plus tier for the very latest beekeeping chat. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. <laughs>